The Provoke Podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers. Welcome to today's Provoke Media Podcast. I'm Megan Miller, Head of Content Partnerships at Provoke and the host of today's episode. Today, we bring you a conversation with Fred Havas, exploring the evolution of purpose in 2022. Um, with us today, we have Ann Tyra, Vice President, UK Corporate Affairs and Communications with American Express, and James Wright, CEO of Red Havas Group and Global Chairman of Havas PR Corporate Global Collective. Ann, would you introduce yourself, please? Yeah, sure. No, thank you for inviting me to this conversation. It's great to be here. Um, so I, I've been in the PR industry probably more years than I'd like to admit, but um, I've been with American Express for the past eight years. I'm, I originally joined working for small business today and shop small campaigns for the business, which in the UK actually we're now into our, our 10th year. And I'd say those campaigns are as relevant and as important as, as they were, you know, when they were founded. And my remit in the UK includes um, sustainability. Um, and I, I think given, you know, America Express's commitments and progress in this area, um, you know, it's something that I am passionate about, you know, lending the companies uh, to this important conversation. Thank you. And James, if you want to go into a little bit about Red Havas's role in this conversation and starting the conversation about um, purpose in 2022 and the three P's that you've um, done some white paper work on, that'd be wonderful. Yeah, sure. So at Red Havas, we, we operate all around the world, um, 14 markets, 22 offices, and we obviously work with lots of different types of clients, whether it's tech companies, corporate, B2B companies, governmental organizations, non-governmental organizations, lifestyle brands, um, startups, scale-ups, the lot. So and we've seen a lot of um, uh, shifting in the concept of, of uh, purpose. If you like, purpose has been disrupted in the last two years, I guess the pandemic has lifted the lid on that. You talked about our three Ps, which are, you know, the pandemic, uh, polarizing politics and, and protests that we've seen, um, you know, particularly in the US, but all around the world, we've seen, we've seen this. And that really, I guess, has shifted the dial on the expectation around purpose. We always talk at Ren Havas that purpose is what you do, not what you say. And so actually, you know, we wrote a white paper that was from Pledges to Progress, which um, has also been updated a couple of times, but that's to look at how and just pledging to do something isn't enough anymore. The expectation is that you actually are show showcasing progress in that space. Um, and, you know, you've got a lot of big questions being asked of a, a corporate's progress now, um, scrutiny from journalists, from shareholders, from obviously consumers, customers. But uh, I think the big factor here as well in the last couple of years has been the, the, the employee. And we wrote another white paper on the, the rise of the, um, uh, of, uh, of the employee uh, and particularly the voice of the employee, uh, which had become a big factor now. I guess, you know, that kind of pyramid of authority has, has kind of been flipped with employees now taking... Um, a much stronger interest in how an organization operates and their expectation of that, that organization's role uh, in society and actually benefiting the communities in which it operates has gone on to a new level. I and mean, it's always been there in the last sort of 10, 20 years, but this last couple of years, it's really shifted to a new dimension. Thank you so much. So in today's episode, we're going to explore what it means to be authentic, as um, James has illuminated to us in a brand's communications relating to purpose, including that pertaining to ESG themes and topics, the importance of alignment horizontally and vertically across the organization, 
as well as the increasing importance of purpose on employee engagement, retention, and talent attraction. Um, so James, you kind of have introduced some of these subjects already, and I'm, I'm curious if you can um, introduce to us what it was about the three Ps, what they are, um, how you came up with them as they're really kind of foundational to how we talk about purpose uh, for the sake of this conversation. Well, in PR, we, of course, we, we love um, alliteration. So, you know, when we were talking about purpose and then we're going into to, to politics, uh, protests and pandemic kind of um, sat pretty well with, you know, for the first 18 to, to, to sort of, I guess, 24 months, you know, over the last or sort of last 18 to 24 months, that's really been dominating the news. Obviously now I've got a war in the Ukraine, which is kind of an, a new facet to that, but you could describe that under polarized politics. Um, but, um, you know, we, we do a, a, a meaningful brand study at Habas and we've been tracking brands for 12 years. And, and that, that uh, survey surveys over 400,000 people around the world each year. And it's, you know, in the last uh, year or so has marked a shift in how consumers really view the role of business when it comes to, you know, how they operate in the world. They want to see and they prefer purpose-driven brands. And some 73%, you know, in the whole global study believe brands should act now for the good of society and the communities in which they operate. And if, you know, if 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 they don't, then, then, then consumers will hold them account to it. I mean, I think the bar has been officially raised over the last couple of years. Now, there's been a lot of talk of, of CSR and ESG commitments, and, and they've been abundant for a long, long time. But I think the other part of, of this is that it used to be a tick box exercise. You know, big companies would produce CSR reports, ESG reports, sustainability reports, and they'd look really at kind of a, a checklist of things that they wanted to be able to do to be able to prove that they were um, uh, improving their whether it was their environmental footprint, the impact that they had on the communities, or indeed actually uh, driving greater benefits and, and governance into their business so they were operating fairly and, and, and appropriately. Uh, but that kind of tunnel vision, I guess, on that checklist has really become much more lateral and looking at it in a much bigger way of, uh, of that commitment. And that's where I think things have, um, have shifted. I mean, um, ESG, you know, I remember an F, a very prominent commentator in the Financial Times turned the ESG kind of commitment acronym into I roll, sigh, and groan due to the vast number of businesses painting rosy pictures about their brands and their industries through wonderful report, reports and, uh, and, and initiatives. But, you know, stakeholders have woken up to that in the last couple of years. And as I say, I think that that bar really has been um, officially raised. And this is this is all a space that Amex knows very well. Um, long before this moment of the three Ps, I think um, Amex has really been doing this um, as a, as a real thought leader and um, kind of a trailblazer, if you will, in this space. Whether it be the Shop Small initiatives or um, some of your approach to purpose-driven initiatives within your internal aspects. Um, what is it that makes Amex unique from other brands and how it's approaching that uh, purpose-led initiatives? Um, kind of like what's, what are your core values or initiatives that are, are really driving that? And what have, what have been those initiatives that have carried you to today? So I guess, first of all, I'll, I'll challenge like how unique we are. I mean, simply because that, you know, today with thoughts, you know, all purpose that reflects of your business is um is like it's the right thing to do you know absolutely and you know as, as james mentioned you know 
consumers, customers, they're, they're, they're telling business it's what they want. You know, the, the message is really loud and clear. Um, and when we look at the collective responsibility um, that's going to be required, you know, that's that's public, private sector and society, you know, is a role all got to play. So, you know, I, I, so not to don't think that we're that unique. And also, you know, in the business case, you know, it's absolutely there, but, you know, sustainable business and profitable business are absolutely comfortable. So, you know, it's great to see the increased debate and conversation in this area and things and um, from a from an Amex point of view, I think supporting the communities where we work is absolutely, you know, it's a core central value. You know, we've got that history or, you know, employee volunteer or employee volunteerism, grant giving, um, and CSR initiatives. Uh, you know, it, it is very much kind of embedded culture. You know, we actually started out I think, 17 years ago as a freight forwarding business. You know, helping people get their precious cargo from A to B. So the trust was always kind of, you know, central to, to our business. And, you know, that's continued. And, um, you know, it, it got moved forward to, you know, present day. And, you know, last year, you know, we, we published our, you know, first uh, ESG strategy and report. It's, you know, we wanted to. You know, it, it always been important to us, but we also put the, the stake in the ground and, and look at, you know, how our business could address some of the biggest kind of global challenges that are out there and be held to account on it and, and actually, you know, demonstrate the investment we put in behind it. And, you know, in, in the last two years, alone, committed, you know, over $2 billion to the orange. Thank you, Anne. So many good points there. Curious, James, how is this tracking with what you are hearing from other clients in the space? Is this, um, are these trends the same trends we're seeing right now? Is it the same driving forces or, or are we seeing really new, new initiatives that are pushing these three Ps and this, this commitment to purpose? I think there's, uh, for us, been a number of clear areas that have come into sharp focus for purpose. The first is around well-being of employees. And I think, you know, health and well-being of employees has never been as paramount as it is today. You know, it's it's a um it's on the agenda of boardrooms, it's questions that are being asked by shareholders because and particularly this, you know, was at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, how are you going to keep the wheels turning? How are you going to keep the business going? You know, so actually that whole piece around the well-being of employees was was a, a real focus for every single organization, whether you were on the front line um, or whether it was, it was uh, in the office. And I think that you know, the, the provision for flexible working, the, the bigger focus on, on mental health and mental fitness, um, we've seen much bigger budgets now come in around employee engagement, um, the, you know, the development of benefits and the likes to be able to tackle you know, the great resignation. Um, and again, you know, I think that's been a huge shift as well for businesses. So that's been a clear area for us around well-being of employees. The second has been around equal justice or equity and inclusion, um, you know, to illuminate your current status, to openly talk about steps you're taking to improve. I mean, equity is defined as the state quality or ideal or being um, just impartial and fair. And that is the absolute expectation, I think, for business today. You know, 
everything that followed from the the George Floyd murder that you know has come to a head from from a lot of um, uh, similar situations that have happened in particular in the U.S. in the years that preceded it, all the way through then through later that year to um, you know the the focus on um, uh, Asian hate and then you know the whole equity shift. And I think also this shift from being um, an ally to being an active ally. And what do I mean by that is that a lot of organizations would stand on the sidelines and say they supported a lot of these initiatives and active allies actually injecting themselves and actually having an opinion and doing something about it with you know, programs and initiatives that have outcomes. And then the third sort of area after well-being of employees, equal justice is um, climate change. And far from falling off the agenda during the pandemic, um, there's been a considerable focus um, uh, on climate change too. And, and I, that has become uh, a tempo of action as well, and not just from organizations, but governments too. And, and, you know, frankly, all of this can't be done unless our sort of governmental systems and um, healthcare systems and education systems work, you know, um, in uh, in partnership with uh, with with brands and organizations and NGOs. And so um, the mess, message is clear for us, you know, there's a lot of recognition around purpose, but that recognition now needs to deliver results. Certainly. And, and as we kind of like introduced some of these very poignant moments in this past year, how has, how has that shifted kind of the approach or the, the conversation internally at Amex, you know, that you have this, this strong background and history of being purpose-driven. Obviously, there's probably been some change and there's been some need to evolve with that. And I'm, I'm really interested in hearing more about how, how those conversations have been impacted for you. Yes, sure. And I think it, what was interesting and um, hearing James speak is that it just, you know, it reminds you how enormous this topic is, you know, and, and all the different areas that, that it touches, you know, across all stakeholders, you know, obviously your colleagues are incredible, you, you know, you need to be listening to them throughout this, but, but, you know, all your stakeholders and certainly, you know, we're hearing it you know, from customers, you hear it from regulators, you hear it from, from the media. So you have to think about how you're going to be intentional and the way you've got a role to play. So so what is going to be authentic to your business and your values that, that is also going to deliver for, for all your different stakeholders. And, and so, you know, the, the ESG strategy that, that I mentioned earlier, I mean, that, that was a two-year journey for us, really getting to that point. We over and stakeholders, you know, trying to understand, you know, the, the critical issues, for, you know, for our colleagues or our community, and then understanding where our sweet spot was going to be, you know, where where we could really create a um, meaningful impact, and and so you know, J- James alluded to it, and where it took us to is we created, you know, three pillars. Uh, uh, but we said, you know, under these pillars, this is where we're going to act. So, so ours were, you know, promoting diversity, equity, and inclusion, and um, advancing climate solutions, and building financial confidence. So, so that kind of gives us the the framework for where we're going to act. So, and we also are worried more to give it to that structure as well. Sure. Um, what is the? But actually, go ahead. Oh, sorry, um, I, I think the only thing I was going to add is that, you know, 
creating a framework or, or in our instance, having three pillars. I think it's important to say that that doesn't need to limit your ambition or your impact. Um, that, that I think, you know, it, it provides, you know, focus and clarity, but, but it shouldn't be like narrowing limits. You know, I, I mentioned a Saturday earlier and, and just as a an indication, you know, I think that campaign's relevant as it, if not more so than, than it ever was. And, you know, that we're intending to drive an additional hundred billion spenders for businesses by, you know, better So, so I, I think it, I think it's really important to think about, uh, sorry, I'm talking lost you. We can still see you, but I can't. Oh, okay. I actually have a question for James here on that subject of, you know, Anne's talking about these sort of guides or frameworks that they, they keep a finger on the pulse of, of what's to come and, and what, and preparing for these, you know, shifts again. And I'm, I'm interested in hearing more about, you know, we've covered a lot about what has happened, but as we look to the future, what are some really tangible ways that you are either seeing other brands keep their finger on this pulse or take the same kind of approach that Anne is, is talking about in applying that towards um, how they, they monitor this and, and prepare in advance for things to come. Yeah, I think um, Anne makes some great points there. And, and obviously Anne makes has got a great history in this and continues to sort of set the bar, if you like, in that kind of in their industry. But um, yep. It's, it's, there's some sort of basics through, which is, you know, you need to be able to measure what you're doing and then be able to see, as I said to you before, like the, the, the progress, the tangible progress, you know, that's being made. Um, there's been a lot of research surveys, you know, speaking to stakeholders across, you know, your own organization more so than ever nowadays. Um, and, um, in particular, I think, you know, talking to employees and, and future and potential employees around what it is that you should be, um, focusing your your energy on beyond just the core products and service i mean you know it's great that also some of those products and services are also evolving to meet um you know more diverse groups um and i think you know there's been a discussion around how you know esg should be adding a h to it and talk about health um i mean you know you could argue that it's encapsulated in other parts of esg but actually focusing specifically on health is interesting which actually then opens up another kind of um, sort of uh, lead, I guess, that, that's also been revealed during the pandemic and that's of, of, of health equity, you know, ensuring that actually everybody has um, fair and fair access to uh, essential health services, which, you know, particularly, you know, I think raised everybody's literacy and health up a little bit because yeah. they started to understand a lot more about their own health and health of their friends and their family because it was, you know, it was the primary topic of conversation for a long time. And then when you, you know, we had this kind of situation where we were accelerating towards a vaccine, you know, how do we actually better understand how that vaccine was made? And then it opened the conversation up around, you know, clinical trials, you know, how are we approaching clinical trials? Are we actually going to diverse groups, ensuring that they're fully fairly represented when we are doing those clinical trials? Because actually then, you know, you saw that um, vaccines impact on certain more diverse groups, or, you know, particularly around um, 
you know, the side effects of the vaccines were more prominent in, in certain areas, as well as actually just understanding COVID-19 and how that was you know, impacting um, certain groups more than others. And why was that? So in what role can we play as organizations in that to be able to support, you know, creating greater equity from a health perspective? I actually just think the whole situation right now, though, is extremely complex for, for businesses because there's almost an expectation that you have a point of view on everything. And I think, you know, being a CEO today is, is never being trickier. You know, I'm based here in New York and, you know, almost all organizations are being asked for their point of view on abortion, on climate change, on, you know, equity and equal justice. Um, you know, and it, is it right to wade into those? You're not, if you're not at all a political organization, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. I think it's for you to reach back into your values and your purpose and the expectations of your stakeholders to whether you should or not. But I think, you know, there is definitely now a much more um, uh, adventure in wanting to actually talk about those in a more active way, in the same way I was mentioning that difference between being an ally and an active ally. Yeah, and, and for you at Amex, is this, you know, James has brought up a lot of big issues and big topics. And um, when you look to that meter for the future, sort of, um, is there a way that you weigh internally whether something is, is what you weigh in on or not, or, or, you know, like what are some of those like internal conversations driven by, um, as to whether or not it, it's a place you yeah. want to put a stake in the sand. Yeah. I, I think it's, you know, it's an evolving conversation, isn't it? That, you know, it's important to have your framework, you know, to, to have your, your vision and your principles and, and, you know, you know, that you better, you know, drive the conversation on, on, like, you know, whether it's just three areas or, or, or whatever it is. Um, you know, I think that's helpful, but, but, you know, you have to keep listening, you know, this is going to evolve. It's not going to be a, a static thing. You know, that, that conversation will, will change and move forward. And even, I mean, we saw, you know, lots of companies have talked about um, their flexible working model, you know, since the pandemic. And, you know, certainly the, the model that we had, you know, early into the pandemic was thinking about what our return looked like. You know, it, it was different to what we actually returned with. You know, it was quite different. Yeah. And, you know, that was essential because, you know, you were listening to colleagues and, and it needed to evolve. And, you know, going forward, you know, we're, we're all living it now, trialing it. Doesn't mean that, that it will, will stay this way either. I, I think, you know, I, I think you have to stay open, you have to stay agile, but while still being kind of authentic to, to what your core values are and yeah. what's meaningful, you know, from your business yeah. standpoint. Absolutely. And James, have, um, you know, we've talked really a, a lot of high level perspective on this, but really tangible ways that businesses can, can apply these things or, or listen, I guess I'm, um, you know, we, we're all aware of issues that are a part of our daily news diet. And how do you sort of filter that bias of like what people are consuming who are in these leadership capacities? Um, to also be in touch with what your audience or your true consumer base is interested in. Um, have you seen any really interesting ways that people are, are keeping their finger on the pulse very closely to what their consumers are interested in? 
Yes. I mean, I think that, I mean, I mentioned before, there's a, there's a lot of research and surveys that are happening at a much greater level. And, and as I said, you know, the employee base is a, is, a, is a very important factor in that and learning from them because they're also probably your consumers. Yeah. They should be, they should be your you know, greatest ambassadors. And so, you know, there's nothing like particularly kind of, uh, I think, uh, groundbreaking about it. This is just about listening and then acting as opposed to just listening. So, you know, that's what we, we've seen the organizations and clients that we work with that have done it very well in terms of actually understanding what, you know, um, what their consumers want, what their, um, employees want, what their stakeholders want, actually just learning from that and then acting in a much faster way. And I think, you know, kind of, it's also been okay as well. I think, you know, this sort of, um, it's been okay for C-suite people, CEOs to say that they don't have all the answers as well. Which you know has, has actually built trust with employees and consumers too. You know, as CEOs, you know, you know, I'm a CEO. Like you're hardwired to have all of the answers all the time. And actually, I think there's been this much more empathetic way of approaching that, which is to say, look, well, I don't have all the answers right now, but I'm working really hard to find those answers for you. And you know, we're tri- doubling down, we're tripling down to find those answers, and you know, actually sort of over communicating to people about you know what you're doing to be able to whether that's keep your products and services going during the pandemic and make it safe and move from a, I guess, COVID safe situation to a COVID confident situation for consumers and for employees, as well as actually going, look, we want to play a role in equal justice. We want to play a role in supporting equity in um, our organization and in, the, and in the communities in which we operate. We need to work out exactly what the best way for us to do that is so that we can have the biggest and greatest impact. And I do think, you know, that whole piece around using your own strategic and technical capability in your industry and in your, with the brands that you have to be able to, um, shift, you know, the, the, the needle on some of these, you know, big issues and smaller issues as well. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. look at some of the work that, that Amex are doing it with, you know, with small business, you know, that's big, big for those small businesses. Right. But actually, right. and then you collectively, it becomes an even bigger piece, but you know, um, it's small or bigger. Um, initiatives, you know, they all add up and, you know, you know, there's, there's still a long journey to, to go on. And, you know, it, this is, I think really, we're still at the very sort of beginning, I think of really understanding what, um, where this is going to head to. Um, and, and, you know, yeah. and, and if one thing that the last 18 months, two years has told us that, you know, no one can predict the fix, uh, future, you know, it's, it's not like everyone's producing five and 10 year business plans anymore. It's kind of like, you might have a, a broad plan in five years, but really you're sticking to a two or three year plan just to be able to get to, to, to that point. And it kind of is almost like an evolving plan that's rolling every three or four months that you update because, and some, so much is, is changing. And, and, and just to come back to your question, that's because they're listening and seeing what's happening. And, and again, you know, it is being affected by polarizing politics. It is being affected by, you know, the, the, the starts and false starts we get with the pandemic and it, it and you know, it is being affected by, um, people that are, are more actively wanting to protest about issues that it matters. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as we, as we wrap up this very big conversation, which we've scratched the, the surface on today, and I, I just am very interested to hear from you as, as part of, um, this legacy brand that has been doing this and been working towards getting fit for pur- purpose for for so many years before this conversation even really started. Um, any like learnings or advice that you have for other brands as they begin to to engage in public dialogue around societal issues, whether that's um, you know avoiding the allegations of, of cause walking, washing, woke washing, green washing, all that. How how you've navigated it well, um, yeah. and, and what advice you have. Yeah. 
I, I think um, there's probably a couple of things. I think like know thyself, you know, like really understand your, sort of your business, its values and how your business, you know, impacts and interacts with all your um, stakeholders. You know, you've got to be authentic, um, you know, to, to your values and, and you need to find that sweet spot um, that, that, you know, addresses, you know, it might be competing interests of stakeholders, but there, there will be a spot in there. I, I think, um, you know, James touched on it as well, this kind of actions, not just pledges. I mean, pledges, of course, they're really important, but, you know, people want to see tangible examples of progress and, you know, process communicators. I think it also adds to the, the storytelling and kind of the, the, the you know, it, I think it helps take your brand forward if you really paint a picture of, of what you're doing. And and then I, the final thing I'd say is really about benchmarks that, you know, you need to be able to kind of benchmark where you are. I mean, it might be, you know, look at look at your peers, look at credible third parties, you know, see see what they're doing. And, you know, you you may not be at the point of having a, an exchange strategy, but that can be a good place to start in how you want to work, hold yourself to fail to make sure you're making progress in, you know, it, it, in good increments. So, um, and linked link to that on, on the bench, lots of people is kind of transparency, you know, Make what you're going to do, be open about it and really help drive that conversation or, you know, play it a role in, in yeah. it's, you know, arguably one of the most important conversations that like, any of us on the planet should be having. Well said. And three really wonderful points to, to bring us home today. Authenticity, knowing thyself, committing to actions, not just pledges and, and benchmarking to really track progress. So and thank you so much for sharing um, Amex's experience with us today and, and really your learnings. Um, James, so much, thank you so much for, for introducing us to the three Ps and how we've, you know, can be navigating them in, in this time of purpose. Um, both of you, this has been such a great, great conversation. So much more to be had, um, but really appreciate you both being here today. So. Thank you so much. I'm Megan Miller. This is the Provoke Media Podcast, and we're signing up. Thanks. You've been listening to the Provoke Podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers.